it's Cal. Have you ever been lost in an area where desperate to find the exit, but could not find the way out? A few years ago, we were in Disneyland, and Ellie dropped her week pass on day one. We knew it was on the ride we had just come out of, but we had to backtrack to get it. She and I wound our way back up through the exit like a couple of maniacs, alone in the dark in a winding labyrinth. I am afraid of the dark and being alone in unfamiliar places. So my heart was exploding with fear, but I kept my brave face on in determination to get that damn $700 piece of paper to make sure all my little girl's dreams in the world continued for the week. Side note, why had I let her wear her own ticket? Somehow we found our way past numerous dead-end hallways to the exact door that we had exited, just as the next group of people were getting off that ride. A sweet mom was holding the pass as she came out and our eyes locked. I knew another mom would be out here freaking out looking for this, she said as she handed the pass to me. I hugged her. I couldn't help myself. After seven minutes that felt like seven hours, I could breathe again. All of the plans and exciting hopes of what our week together as a family were supposed to look like were saved by another mom who knows the pain of having a free-spirited and stubborn child who is determined to wear her own pass because she's a big girl now. Or something like that. Anyway, that path to the exit was scary for me, but I knew I had to get there. And once we did, someone was waiting with answers to a problem that, small as it was in the grand scheme of things, would have been devastating to our family. About 20 years ago, Jim and I began a somewhat similar journey away from religious abuse. The path was dark and winding and terrifying. There was no clear end or resolution. We just knew we had to find the exit. Against everything we had been taught in our lives, we left the church. When Nicole and I were choosing topics for this week, we had both just watched Pray Away, the Netflix documentary about conversion therapy in Western Christian churches. Nicole mentioned how so much of what the participants were saying about their religious conversion experiences mirrored things she had thought and said during the cult days. I rewatched the doc again with that in mind and couldn't believe how true it is. While we in no way want to take from the experiences of the LGBT community and the torture and hell they have experienced at the hands of some Christians, we do discuss some of those parallels in this episode. We also chat about the brave warriors that have found the exit they so desperately needed and have courageously shared their stories so others can find their way also. Let's do this. <laughs> Hello, friends. It's Kelly Bud. Hey, and Nicole Allen. And we are once again making a podcast because <laughs> everything is so fine right now. It's so fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. 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 Um, yeah. We're just chatting it up today about all of the things. So we're um, just a little update. And then I'm excited to um, kind of tip our toe into the conversation about the new Netflix doc um pray away so lots of conversation going on in the world about this doc and it is fantastic we've each watched it twice so <laughs> yes, so that's have. a few minutes um later we will do that but for now how's it going <laughs> it's good <laughs> super good i was just all <laughs> fine <laughs> Just telling Kelly about how I uh, had been having coffee with someone, got home, and all of the grocery delivery was still just sitting in the sun or in my house, melting, and not a care in the world by anyone that was in my home, and I wanted to throttle them all. (laughs) So it's fine. We got them all put away. Oh, so precious. Yeah. Precious. Um, I have some exciting news. I finally... Got my new car. Oh, you did! Yay. Um, okay, I hate buying cars for numerous reasons, but partially because when I was growing up, I worked at a car dealership, a really big car dealership. I was a receptionist, a night and weekend receptionist at this car dealership and um, in the sales department. So super fun, but I literally was surrounded by 
car salesman all day. Oh boy. Day. <laughs> so we're a little jaded potentially yes. about car but salesmen. Maybe, but like 85% lovely, wonderful people, like not the gross, slimy car sales people that you think of when you think of car sales people. Sure. Um, but anyway, so I'm always dreading it. Like, uh, and Jim does not do well. I mean, he's getting better, but he's also technically a salesperson. Like that's kind of the basis of his job. And it's, he just has a funny, quirky way of dealing with other salespeople. But anyway, his motivation his like mode of operation when buying a car is to research, 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 and then research some Yes. <laughs> um, so like going into it, he's like, I want you to try this, this, and this car because I give zero shits. It gets me from point A to point B. There's no parts falling off of it. It doesn't smell weird. Good to go. Um, that is not him. So anyway, he like knew what he thought I would best like, which he was right. I totally, I got a Mazda CX-5. It's like one of those little cute crossover so cute adorable what color is it like charcoal gray yeah love it my my car color I always love um I like that there's not a ton of them on the street like I don't know I like having something that's a little different so sad story was I had to give up my hopes and dreams of being a new Bronco owner because a it's not practical for us right now and b people are still waiting on these freaking things and I can't wait any longer yeah so I went the back, the practical mom car route. God bless my soul. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I wanted to be cool, but I'm not. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the story. So we get there and um, we drive up on this lot just to see if they had any, because I bought a used one. It's 2019. Um, and all of a sudden, I, I hop out to look at a Honda of some kind, and this gal comes walking out, younger gal, and she's like, oh, are you guys interested in the blah, 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 and I turn around, and she's so cute and, like, unassuming and not a car salesman, and I was like, you're the one. We are working with you today, so we will find some car on this lot that works for you, and Jim is just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but I just know, like... I need it to be stress-free. We already had our pre-approval letter from our lender, like all of those things. So I liked her and I was like, do you have any Mazdas on this lot? (laughs) I love it. That's I bet she loved you. I know. So it was like, bing, bing, bing. We were in and out of there in like two hours. It was perfect. I drove one car. I loved it. That was Damn. That is impressive. Yeah. But then we get home and Jim was like, you are such a weird car buyer. You would just rather me drive home with whatever your new car is and not have to do. I was like, yeah. Could you do that next time? Like, (laughs) take a hint. Do I need to sign papers? So anyway, love it. So fun. Jordan has been practicing driving in it in the like back empty roads of our little development where nothing is built yet. Super cute. Cute. That's so fun. Good on ya. There's a 10 minute story about my car buying process. I like it. Uh, Yeah. Aaron is also a a research all the things. He um, also wants to try out all of them in the area. Like he wants to. Oh, all of the things. And it makes me crazy. So sometimes I will send him like you go drive. How many cars you whatever. Um, but he's also like too nice. So he wants to be like, yeah, you can call me. Yeah. Oh, no. You can text me. And I was like, like the man still is getting texts from people <laughs> from like two months ago. And I'm like, you already bought something. Just tell them like, yes. stop wasting your time. I'm not purchasing anything. Like I've already done it. Get over it. No, but he's too, oh, he doesn't, he wants to be too nice. And, you know, he's like, well, the, you know, like the nice thing to do is tell them because yes. you're wasting their time. Yes. Aaron, you're wasting their time. I think I finally got his phone and I was like, hey, so sorry. We just already got something. Think so. Like, be done. <laughs> I love it. I love that he doesn't want to say no to them. Like, I, 
I it's know so his personality. It is. And it's like, it's so nice, but at the same time, like clear is kind, right? Like just yeah. be clear, just it's yeah. not personal. Yeah. So it's whatever, but it is, it is hilarious. I like, I, I definitely want to be let in on certain parts. Yes. But not on the whole process. Cause I want to like, yeah. Well, you did your research of like, these are the brands that hold their value and are the safest and are the best. You yes. can choose from these. Exactly. Like we, we've learned over the years cause we are not car people. Yes. Um, so I need reliability. That's like my number one and you know, stuff like that. Like I, I don't need it to look cool. I, I mean, I, you know, I want it to be in good condition, but like you know, so yeah, I have my certain things and then he kind of goes yeah. from there. So that's helpful. Yeah. the years learning. Absolutely. I did have to laugh though. I came across a TikTok uh, account that was like a car detail person uh-huh. and their whole thing is like, I mean, they'll talk about, you know, different things with cars, but a couple of the episodes or whatever, their little things were, um, I can tell you about yourself by what car you have. And I laughed so hard because some of them were spot on, at least to like our family or whatever. Yes. Like they were talking about Camrys. Um, and they said, either you are, and this is just what somebody else said. This is not what I'm saying. They said, <laughs> he said, either, either you are Asian or you are over the age of 65 and white <laughs> and, and you just like reliability. And if you've gotten rid of a Camry, it's because of your snot-nosed grandchildren that needed a car, not because you would, because you would have driven it into the ground because it's reliable <laughs> as hell. And I laughed so hard because that's my in-laws. Yes. And then my son, our oldest, had a Camry that he had purchased from somebody that was old. But again, that thing just drives and drives and drives. And what happened? But he got in a wreck. So, and they oh. had said, you know, the only reason this car does because your snot-nosed grandchildren, like, get in an accident and total it. <laughs> And we were like, well, there it is. That's the truth. That's right there. Now, to be fair, it wasn't his fault, but it yeah. still did happen. So I was yeah. like, stereotypes are sometimes true for a reason. There's a reason. Lots of stereotypes are true. It's yeah. True. So I had to laugh, but I do a little bit relate. I must be internally of that older something because yeah. I'm definitely you are practically 65. On the inside. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's fine. Cause I'm like reliability, baby. That's what I want. Yes. Anyway. It's true. Um, can you hear my dog snoring? No. Oh, I, when I'm editing at some point in every episode, he's snoring. Cause he always lays at my feet and falls asleep when I'm recording. It's too bad. You're missing out on the, uh, peaceful lulls of a snoring giant fat sausage dog um (laughs) anyways um yeah so ellie was supposed to come home and visit yesterday and she got too busy (gasps) she never made it that little stink (laughs) welcome to college i know i was jim and i were both just like so excited all week we were looking forward to it and then she was supposed to come home we thought saturday night but then she was like no sunday morning or i can't remember yeah, I can't remember. But um, at any rate, she had a whole bunch of stuff go on and everything. And so she didn't come. But the, I was kind of pissed, not for myself, but when I told Jim on Saturday or whatever, like, oh, yeah, Ellie will be here in the morning. He started crying. He's like, I just miss her so much. It's on the struggle bus. It it is so sweet and adorable, but I'm not. So I'm like, that little bitch never showed up and made her dad sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally to be expected. It is. Come on. But, and he was fine with it, but I was mad for him because he was so excited to see her. But of course, I'm still making half of her meals, so we have to go up tomorrow and drop off all of the dinners that I made for her for the week. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Usually that's the like, well, they'll show around when they're poor or they need uh-huh. food or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm only doing it for these first couple of weeks because they practice for five hours a day. And Good I want Lord. 
I know. I want to make sure she's actually eating good food. <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Not just like random crap. Yes. And like her roommate and this other friend that they have that is a single roommate. And so, you know, like they all get together and eat all the food. It's my way of coping. Okay. It's adorable. I think it's adorable. Actually, that's really sweet. <laughs> the plan was she would come home on every couple of weeks and we would make a few things together for her to take back. But you know, that's not going to happen. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> no, I tried to be that mom and just bought like extra stuff. And then Jehu brought stuff back. He's like, oh, well, they don't like this kind of laundry detergent because they like the tab kind that you just like plop in. Uh-huh. And I was like, so you don't even want it? He's it's like, great. I know. I was like, well, then you must not be that poor. So yeah. Yeah. And he's like, fair point. I'm like, okay. Then yeah, I guess I'm going to not do that. I'll just wait until you ask for something. (laughs) (laughs) These kids are assholes. (laughs) (laughs) And yet they're like making it. So I'm like, well, that's good. I guess that's the goal. They're the best kind of assholes. Right. (laughs) Oh, that is funny though. Yeah. That's a, that's disappointing when you're all excited. (laughs) I know. Jim was like, it's not that she didn't come home. It's that she said she would. And then we were looking forward to it. And then she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, and that will too, in the like, I maybe said no to something because I was expecting you coming home. Yes. That's the part to me that would be the like, I said no to da, 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 because yeah. you were, and now you didn't like, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. So his plan is the next time she's coming home, we're just going to leave. And then perfect. Like, oh, sorry. We got busy. We just forgot. <laughs> we had other stuff we'd rather do. <laughs> Except we'll never do that because we're so excited to see her. Right, home. right, right. Yeah. But that would show her. That would show her. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, God. We're so mature. <laughs> so mature. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's what's going on in life. Totally. Jordan has a Jordan has some abdominals issues going on. Those of you who pray or send healing vibes or whatever you do, we have all kinds of like scans and tests this afternoon. So send the good vibes. The poor kid is hurting. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get some stuff figured out. Yes. When do you guys start back to school? Not until like the couple days before Labor Day. Yeah, yes. I think we're September 8th for Jordan. I Dang. love it. It sucks that like they get out of school so late, but this is the best part of summer. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely feel like we still got maybe yeah. not quite a month, but close. Yeah. A few weeks yeah. still. Yeah, it's weird to like on so- social media watch friends or people, you know, from all over the country who are going back to school. Yes. School has started in different places. I know. I'm like, uh, we haven't gotten any school supplies or anything. I know. I know. And last year it was so nice because we didn't have to. So there is that. It's going to be a rude awakening fighting people for those Ticonderoga number twos. (laughs) God, it's true. That's hysterical, Kel. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. My kids tend to be minimalists, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I need this tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's kind of high school, too. It's like there's certain things. It's just sort of generic yes. until each class has their... Right. Yeah, whatever. we don't need to do back-to-school shopping. He goes with his Chromebook and his, like, spiral notebook and a pencil or a pen or whatever, and then at some point, they'll tell him something he needs. Yeah. He won't well, remember it, but <laughs> there's that. There's that too. I know the TI 85 or whatever, like oh, calculators sweet. and crap, like that yeah. shit is expensive. So yeah, thankfully, oh, by the way, it's 80 bucks, but God, I mean, it's I tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Oi. Yeah. But right now it's like, I don't know. Yeah. That, but then the, like the sports thing, right? Like, or, or the clothes stuff, like, Yes. I don't, I kind of gradually go into that because it's so warm when they first start. I don't bother. I used to get like, get them jeans and whatever. But then when they were younger, sometimes they'd be out of shit before they even like got to wear it. So 
you know. I saw a funny meme the other day that was like, remember when it was back to school time and 85 degrees outside, but you would go to school in your jeans and um, sweatshirt because it was back to school clothes and that's all you had. And <laughs> totally. It was what your you new know? outfit. Dang it. Yeah. You're going to show your, it. What's your first day of school outfit? <laughs> Weather be damned. That's the truth. Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about our topic. Yes. So it was everywhere, right? Like, I felt like I started seeing this. um, I think so. And I don't, maybe it's just the circles I travel in on the socials or whatever. But yes, I saw a lot about Pray Away on um, social media and such. But then when I went to Netflix, I had a hard time finding it. So I don't know. Maybe it's not as like. Yeah, maybe it's the circles, but it was. I'm gl- I mean, it definitely spurred me to watch it and I wanted to kind of yeah. check it out. Yeah. And of course, um, in a generic sense, it's talking about the church's position or how they've approached, you know, LG- LGBTQ um, people and uh, certainly a heavy conversion therapy perspective yeah. and, and just sort of the g- general state of that. And yeah. kind of people's different um, experiences in that and through that over the years and kind of yeah. where some of that started and, and what have yeah. you, it was illuminating and heart wrenching. Oh. I ended and I just felt heavy, like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I do feel that way. I almost feel a little bit like I'm desensitized at this point of like, just another story about the horse crappery of the American Christian church and yes. what has happened to just our world because of the influence and the yuckiness or whatever. I mean, of course that's my biases, <laughs> you know, or whatever because of personal yeah. experiences. But um, every time I see something new, I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yep. No, it, none of it was shocking. Yes. <laughs> and that's um, not to say I didn't feel like heavy and like, oh my God. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It it was just sort of another layer or level of reality, right? Yeah. That is just so devastating and seeing as we do with time that has gone on and it, as we age and have a broader picture of the world, um, the levels of hurt and damage and um just the opposite of what I believe is the point (laughs) yes you know within anything which is love uh it it, is just just yeah yeah it really is yeah (laughs) I have so So, many (laughs) right so many thoughts and feelings that I just can't even sort them half of the time yeah um no go ahead Well, I was just going to say, so what I thought was interesting. So if you haven't watched it and you want to, there will probably be some spoilers, but being that this is not some epic tale, you know, that we don't know, uh, you know, some of this is just sort of our takeaways and we wanted to talk about it because it hit us, of course, on so many levels. It did. And I guess just kind of the intro of, of kind of what we're going to be talking about is not just... Um, the stories that were told on the doc, you could, I mean, you could just go watch it. So, right. and you definitely should, but I think even more so is just the, the impact that it had on us um, and just the familiarity of, of some of what we've experienced or, or whatever. So in our cult life, um, but before we get into that, any, I just want to say like the, any parallels or any like ways that we talk about it affecting us personally or whatever in no way takes away from the LGBTQ community and what they experience and, and, and the devastation that, um, you know, the Christian culture has created there, um, there were just some parallels that we found interesting. So um, I hope that our hearts in that way can, can be received by anybody who, you know, 
has been so drastically affected by, by all of that. So. Absolutely. And also trigger warning like that could be very triggering. Um, and so take care of yourselves first and foremost. Yeah. Um, And I loved that on social media, Instagram, especially is where I saw it, like the, the pray away documentary, there's an Instagram page for that. And, um, they released, uh, like this is, can be, and probably will be triggering to those who have gone through this. Um, here's what to expect here, you know, like have people with you, you know, or if you can't watch this great. And, and I just thought that was so very responsible of them. So basically the show, um, it, it documents the lives of people who, um, were homosexuals who, um, for whatever, and, and also Christians or seeking Christianity who went through a process of basically conversion therapy in the Christian church. And, um, it just talks about their life, how it affected them, what led them to that place, how they left that place and, and some of the things that happened there. So some of them knew each other. Some of them were on the outskirts of these programs. Um, but that's just kind of a general idea and, and just talks a little about the healing process and the D programming of that process a bit. So that's what pray away is um, in a very broad nutshell Yeah, <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen it or, or whatever. So Yep. Yeah. So go ahead, Nicole. Sorry, I interrupted you kind of. No, you're fine. I was just going to say it really kind of um, the whole thing started with uh, where it started right back in the late 70s, early 80s. And it just struck me. The first thing that struck me so strongly was how it was just sort of this perfect storm of people that are hurting because of the AIDS epidemic beginning, not having even words for it, not knowing about it, but seeing their friends dying. Right. And being so fearful um, for their community and their people and their friends uh, yeah. that I think there was vulnerability there. Oh, right. Because they yeah. were so sad and scared for their friends. And then these, you know, Christian leaders sort of neat thinking <laughs> the arrogance that they have to have an answer. Right. And it's, it's happening because of your sin and it's a plague and whatever. And again, um, which I is all BS, obviously, but, um, you know, again, these people that are so vulnerable in that moment and feeling from growing up, you know, it was still an era where you didn't talk about it. It was the, you know, you, it wasn't okay for all these variety of reasons. They felt that. And so in comes this, oh, maybe conversion therapy kind of idea of if we act like we're not, then, you know, we'll be healed, quote unquote, and, um, and we can just choose not to be gay anymore. Yeah. Because that's the picture of what should be and that we're the ones that are broken and bad and what have you, which of course, again, is, is just so asinine, um, but it, it just felt like the perfect storm of these people that are so hurting and so scared and, and the power of fear and how that can so oh. motivate fear on both sides, fear of the unknown, yeah. fear of, you know, change. And then also fear of this, you know, health crisis and um, being just, you know, scared for your friends and, and the loss yeah. and yeah. hurting. Um, which to me is not new information, but I think it kind of posed it in a new way for me that I felt like from the outside, I could see this perfect storm. Yes. Of how it all kind of came to be. And yet, of course, as we know, uh, the fake it till you make it or, you know, just behavior modification. Yeah. Doesn't it that this is not real. Yeah. Yeah. This is not how that that works. And ultimately all of, all of the leaders that started slowly fell off the bandwagon uh, and realized, um, you know, this is not changing who I am. This is not changing my desires. This is not, uh, this is only causing more destruction. And, and really for some, of course, creating terrible dynamics of wanting to harm themselves and, you know, 
yeah. uh, all of that, which is of course the devastation within it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that, um, one of the, so there were a couple of, um, I think they told the stories of like definitely spotlighted five different people. There were other people involved, but it was mostly, you know, these, these five different people at various um, ages and states of their process or whatever. And one of them, her name was Julie and she was younger, um, probably the younger one. She talked about like her process was um, a Christian home, Christian family um, at 16 came out to her mom And the mom reached out and somehow got involved with this. The the specific program that they talked about was the Exodus. What was the Exodus something? Yeah, the Exodus organization. And then there was a couple other ones that were all kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and and really all of them had this overarching um, theme in their story of, feeling like this is the path to be good becoming a Christian or, you know, being a part of this program. And so they did it like, Mm -hmm. this is the path. This is how you're okay. This is how, you know, being gay is not okay. And becoming a Christian is how you become okay. And so I'm going to go and do whatever they're saying so that I can be okay. Yeah. Not be dead, not be sick, not be, um, just constantly conflicted and this will work. This will help me feel better in and feel accepted and feel loved and approval. And um, I mean, that really was at least in my perspective, the like root of every single person's journey as they entered into this. Yeah. That's what was so powerful to me and that had so many parallels and eerily similar to some of our own culty church experiences was this one gal said they had strict rules that I thought I could do that. Yeah. And I knew there were leaders that I looked up to and they were special. And if I want to be special, if I do these things, I follow the rules, then I too can be like that. And that's what matters. And so it was like, well, this is clear and I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to feel anything about it. I just have to do it. If I do these things, I'll be accepted and I can be good and okay and, and, and not be bad anymore and earn basically (laughs) my approval and love. Yeah. And I, when we watched it, Aaron and I watched it together and we paused it and he said, I could have said the same exact thing. Yeah. In high school, like that, I too, not about LGBT, but just of the church, right? These are the rules. This is how you're accepted. This is how you're good. And, and if you do these things, you're approved of and affirmed and what have you. And so to me, it was, it raised the hairs on my arm several times, the eerie similarities sort of across the board, right? Yeah. It's almost, and I'm not saying that the leaders of the church or these programs at the time were aware of it or consciously doing it, but it's predatory. Mm -hmm. It's here are people in a vulnerable state, whether that's sexual identity or just identity. Like when, when we entered our, um, process. It was most kids coming out of high school who didn't have a clear direction of this is what I'm doing with my life. I'm going to school. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. It was those of us who weren't sure. Like, I don't know. I kind of want to do this or I kind of want to do that. Or people who had been told their calling in life or believed that their calling in life was ministry or women, young women who their calling in life was wife and motherhood. And so what the hell do you do with your life at this point? Like you're not getting married yet. So what should you do? Like college is a waste or whatever. So in a place of vulnerability, of identity crisis, of not knowing where to go. And, and it's just, 
ripe for the picking of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and to me, and I don't know, maybe that's harsh, but it, when I look back at my experience, I feel very preyed upon, you know, and, um, I, when I look at the experiences in, in the documentary, I definitely look at that as these people being preyed upon and just, um, and by people who, who thought they had all the answers and thought they were right. Yeah. In in both situations, they thought this was the best thing and that's not excusing it because bullshit, but that that's, you know, kind of, and how much of evangelical Christianity is predatory, you know, um, that probably that sounds like saying those words. I feel like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. (laughs) Like that sounds so, but I mean, it is what it is. Well, and in those traditional senses, right? There's a reason there is a huge deconstruction of evangelical beliefs and a whole movement of deconstructing faith because it really became something that I don't think it ever was supposed to be, right? And and I don't, again, with what you had said, I don't necessarily think that any of it started ill-intended, Right. I don't think somebody said, ha ha ha, here's how we can screw with them. Right. I think there was maybe an arrogance to believe that our way is the way. I yeah. think there's an arrogance to believing, you know, this is the only uh, something. And, and then it just kind of becomes a whole thing over time. Yeah. You know, you start believing your own hype. You start drinking your own Kool-Aid or whatever. Um, And then I think sometimes too, it becomes such a beast that, that, uh, you know, you just, you you feel compelled to have to keep it going, even when you and yourself, and that was what some of these leaders were saying that began this as they said, you know, here I am, I'm leading it. And I'm going, I am lying. Yeah. I'm not, this is not true. Yeah. You know? But here I am now it's this thing that's pushing me forward and I can't right. step down. I can't, you know, to do that is to lose everything. Yeah. Um, and basically people only did either once they were outed and they yeah. had a, you know, a, a finally kind of let their guard down and, and acted out in their truth or, um, yeah. or just finally said, what am I? what am I doing? Cause I'm going to kill myself if I, if I don't, you know, start having some reality check of, of, of who I really am. Being yeah. A part of things. Yeah. Um, I, as a mom, I, you know, now being in the place of life, I can't help but watch it and just feel so much compassion um, yeah. and care for these people that have had such a heavy burden and had so many damaging uh, messages and uh, so much anti-God, right? (laughs) you know, put on them that it just breaks my heart. I mean, and we don't have to talk about this right now, but I mean, just the statistics, the suicide rates and the statistics are just staggering and horrific. And, and I would say I challenge anybody that still believes some of those old beliefs to challenge yourself, you know, Um, because this is not, if in my belief system, uh, true and good things have fruit. Yeah. And the fruit of this belief is death. The fruit is destruction. Yeah. And that is not God's heart. No. I don't care. That's not that destruction and death is not the fruit. That is, it is the fruit of it, but that is not God's heart. That is, that should alone be raising red flags within us because, um, freedom and fruit should be freedom should be life, not destruction. Yeah. Um, and not to be too churchy, but that's the, 
um, words, I guess, that I yeah. uh, am challenged by, you know, and years and years ago when I went to hair school, I mean, was when I started being introduced out of my little closed circle to people in the world and realizing, you know, all of these people that are beautiful and amazing and so fun. And I'd sort of realized after the fact of knowing them, oh, you're um, gay or lesbian or um, trans or any of these things. And it was so awesome because I already knew them as people, right? Yeah. First. Yes. And, and so then all of that was like, wow, it's not like I was told when I was a kid, right? Back in the eighties, yeah. uh, you know, there was a lot of like, oh, well, they had either a really bad relationship with their parents or they were molested or abused. Yeah. And that's why this is always why. Yeah. And finding all of these people that none of those things are true for. Right. Right. And it challenged all of former beliefs and suddenly realizing and changing my heart slowly, even without realizing. Um, And I remember talking even with several years ago with some friend's parent who was still very religious mm-hmm. and yet they were gay getting married. And she said, well, I just feel so conflicted, this, that, and the other. And I just, that the fruit thing kind of came to mind again, which again, I know sounds so religious and I don't mean it like that, but sometimes you got to speak the language that they're familiar. And so I said, you know, I think the fruit of their relationship is really beautiful. I, you know, I, I see all really good things. They're stronger as people, they're, they're affecting positive things in people's lives and whatever. And like the end of the day. Yeah. I don't know what else there is to say. And it was great because she had this like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I was so glad that she felt like she could talk about it. And again, that I could speak at least her language, that it made sense to her. And so anyway, I don't know. I guess that's a little bit of a tangent, but no, um, great. I think that, um, you know, as we, it's very interesting because we do know people who um, <clears throat> were a part of our church life whose um, kids have grown up and eventually come out. Um, and most of the parents that I know love their children in a way that they went back and did the research and did the, um, you know, whatever to go through their process of, of being like, yeah, that wasn't true. Like if my kid, I know my kid's life. I know what our relationship is. I know they weren't abused. I know they weren't this. I know they weren't that. Um, and I see the beauty. And like you said, the fruit of their life, something's wrong. And then going back and finding all the scriptures that supposedly are the proof that, you know, homosexuality is an abomination and da, 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 da. And like really diving into that and being like, that is not at all. Right. What, you know, for those who believe the Bible and study the Bible, that is not at all what that's saying. Like, right. Right. And you know, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. The Bible can be <laughs> translated to mean whatever you want it to mean. And yes, and has been. Back. Yeah, yep. and has been. And if you really do research, you realize that there's been a lot of men, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that have uh, moved things and changed things to their own whims and for the sake of profit or fear yeah. and letting fear motivate. I mean, don't get me started, ma'am. There's oh, a lot man. there. <laughs> There's a lot there. But I will say, if you do your own research, if this is something that matters to you, what I have seen, which I don't proclaim to be the end all be all, but what I have come to see is that those scriptures are talking about pedophilia. That's yeah. not talking about, it's not talking about adult relationships and love yeah. not being valid. It's yeah. talking about molestation of children. And yeah. obviously that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot there. And I mean, I, I just to, to get it out there, like I, 
I don't call myself a Christian. I'm, I wouldn't even say that I'm a 1000% believer of the Bible. And so if, if you're listening and you need to hear that to give yourself a reason to think I'm crazy, there you go. Like, (laughs) sure. That is no secret. So if you need that validation in your life, you can have it. But, um, I do have a very deep spiritual life. So I would say, sorry, but it's not actually a very good life. I don't say these things because I'm not a Christian anymore. (laughs) I say that I am a spiritual person who loves love and loves God. And so there's that. Um, But I think that as we go through our journey and disprove things, it's, and, and open our heart to hear truth and love from the source of truth and love. Um, it's really hard to not call bullshit on a lot of these things. And like you said, to see the fruit of being death and destruction, it doesn't work for me. And it's, you know, I think that we are brave enough to go through the process and anyone who is brave enough to go through the process gets my respect, you know, questioning is bravery. It's not doubt and it's not, you know, fear. It's I, I love, I love being able to say, I don't know how I feel about that. And it doesn't really matter. Like I'm going to live my life by these principles and it doesn't matter. Not because I'm afraid of going to hell or afraid of this or whatever. Anyway, that's a whole tangent, but, um, I think it does apply to just, you know, escaping really horrible dogma and it's a path we should all explore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's part of it is, um, I was talking with a friend that is transgender and one of the things that she had said is I like people to get to know who I am before they know those things about me. Yeah. Because once you know me, it's a different thing. It's a game changer, right? It's a heck of a lot easier to be at arm's length with someone before you know them. Yeah. But once you know them, they're a whole person. Yes. You know, and, and, um, I think that that is so impactful and important to remember. Like these are whole people that, that, um, deserve love and to be loved for all of who they are. And, and there's amazing, there's a lot of amazing people out there. Yeah. Um, but that was one that I had even shared with different family members too, is, uh, you know, I think that you need to get to know some people. Yes. You know, to broaden the horizons. Um, because then it's not ethereal anymore. And I think it's easy to have really strong opinions, uh, about something that's out here, not a part out here, you know? Um, and so even watching this, you know, be open to Mm -hmm. what it has to teach or show or expose or challenge, um, et cetera. So yeah. Yeah. That went in a different direction than I expected. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's awesome. It's wonderful. And I agree. Um, back to the show, um, to the documentary a little bit more. Um, I really, so Julie and Yvette were the two women that they mostly focused on. And obviously I, I don't know. I mean, I just connected with their stories, but I want to redo a couple of quotes. So this is Julie, the younger one talking about her experience of what her needs were. And she says, I was needy and unhealthy because there were zero people in my life saying you're okay. Exactly the way you are. We love you and God loves you and you don't have to change a thing. Um, and I just, I, I was sitting there listening and I was like, what the hell is wrong that that is that is, that is the whole and all of us, right? Like for whatever reason, that is, that is the need that we need people in our life saying, you're okay, exactly the way you are. We love you. God loves you. And you don't have to change a thing. Um, that is so far from what is given in the church today. Um, 
I, I don't know that I ever one day in my life in, in organized church ever felt like anybody said to me, you're okay exactly the way that you are. Was a constant striving to be better, somebody, Mm -hmm. something better, you know, of, and, and focusing on like, (laughs) just, this is the yuck in my life. This is the, and a few, a couple of years ago, I I was talking to Jim and I was like, I'm just not a good person. And this not, I mean, a couple of years at most. And just, I'm just talking to him. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not a good person. I, I have these thoughts. I judge people. I do this. I do that. I do this. And he was like, I've been married to you for almost 20 years. I think I would know if you weren't a good person. Babe. Right. Like, right. Right. Do you have faults? Sure. You know, but, and somewhere along the way, it became so ingrained in me to constantly be looking at and digging at and poking at the unlovable parts of myself, because somehow that made me more lovable to God. Hmm. or more lovable to the leadership or more, you know, and I, when I was listening to that, it just so struck me. And on, when you're talking about, you know, listening to their stories and then being focused on their homosexuality, that's so obvious, right? It's such a, a big taboo thing in the world. And so of course that's what, and when I say like the predatory part, even like, of course, that's what, is focused on, but I, I feel like in that world in general, everybody had something that was being poked at and pointed at. And, um, there's just so much destruction and badness. And it makes me so sad to think about that. That is still going on. That is still going on every single Sunday. Every, you know, and, and even at the end of the documentary, it's showing like, as people step down from that organization, new people stepped up and they're still holding these gatherings and bringing in and doing the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. just with a different shade of lipstick. And even in our situation, as churches closed and as things happen, some of those same people, some different people stood up and took up the reins and put on a different shade of lipstick and are doing the exact same thing. Some of them changed. Some of them didn't. Some of them have done things differently or are trying to do things differently, um, which is great, but it's still happening every Sunday, like the brainwashing and the indoctrination and there's no wonder people who are anti-Christianity are so blatantly anti-Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. And it, again, it's there's a reason there's such a movement of deconstruction. Yes. And yet, um, I will say, I can say that there are churches that aren't like that. Yes. There's not a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard to find. Yeah. Um, but they do exist. But, but the by and large comparison is, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because that's definitely still there. And, um, you know, like they had said at the end of this, it was almost like, well, you can cut the head off of this organization, right? And think, oh, it's great. It's going to be done. And nope, another right. one grows, oh, you yes. know, and it's yep. still alive and well today. And maybe looks a little bit different. Um, like one of the things I was saying to Kel is that, you know, I know that uh, in the nineties, at least there was really extreme conversion therapy that was oh. horrific. I mean, steal kids in the middle of the night and take them to camps and, you know, shock therapy, all sorts of deprivation, crazy shit yeah, stuff. And I don't know if that still exists or not. Um, I know it was actually maybe illegal in certain parts, uh, of the country because it was so horrific and thank God that it was. Uh, but again, who knows, you know, there's all sorts of under, under the, uh, you know, in the underbelly. Yeah. Just, yeah. 
who the heck knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a wild world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just every time I, I watch something like this or, um, you know, hear stories and people are always so like interested and we've joked about it's a great party trick to say you're in a cult because, you know, people are just so interested or whatever. But whenever I hear the stories and I really realize like I'm, I'm putting a face to this story and I'm, I'm hearing the devastation and the fallout and all it's, I just am constantly just like, Oh my God. Yeah. And to know personally people whose lives have been so drastically affected by the mentality and the indoctrination and the conversion, you know, the, the hope of conversion and, you know, whatever, all of that. And, um, it's just a shame. It is. Yeah. It's, it's pretty devastating to see. Yeah. I know I'm a downer today. I'm sorry. Sorry no. to be a downer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's some reality check that I think is important for us all to connect to a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, it's really easy to feel like, well, I don't need to worry about that. If, if you don't think there's anybody in your life that that affects. Right. Um, and I've certainly been one of those before too. Um, but I think it's a cop out too. Yes. I think that we need to look around because the reality is you probably do probably do know someone, whether you know it or not that are, uh, struggling with that or, or feeling really, really alone. Yeah. And the truth is that is so important to us to, to make sure to say is just that no matter who you are, where you're at, whether it's LGBTQ or it's anything else that you are fully loved. Yes. Fully loved uh, for exactly all of who you are right now without any other change needing to happen. Yeah. And that's a deep need that we all have within us. And, and that in my opinion is the truth. Right yeah. where you are. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to feel alone in that, yeah. whether they're uh, it's a kid or themselves or a friend or a whatever. And, yeah. and that Kelly and I are not experts by any means. We don't proclaim to be no. at all, but we are here for you. And that if you yes. want to talk, we, we are a compassionate ear. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to talk to us, there are places, obviously, that you can. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, this, this, it's just atrocious that this is still. Yeah. So out there. And my mom heart can't not say that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So well said. I had similar thoughts that I was going to say, but you said it so much better. And, and I 1000% agree with you. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) We love the people. Most of the people that listen to this show are, well, I can't say that many of the people know us or we know in real life um, or through a couple of degrees of separation at least. But um, I can say with confidence that I love every single person that interacts with this show at some point. And um, because I feel like we're all kind of searchers together for truth and authenticity and just being real. And sometimes real is hard and I'm just grateful to be in it with people who um, are willing to search and dig through the hard shit. So same. um, Yeah. I, I don't, there's no good way to close this out. (laughs) I think just that. So we love you. Yes. Next week, we are continuing a similar vein of conversation talking about um, purity culture and the fuckery that is purity culture. So (laughs) 
So get ready. <laughs> um, and to that end, um, a couple of things that um, inspired the thoughts in my head about it are our favorite gal, Glennon Doyle, who um, has her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. There's a couple of episodes that talk about sex. One is entitled Silent Sex Queen, and it cracks me up. So yes. that one, and then the one that follows directly after that one. Um, so if you want to listen to those before our next episode, that kind of got the train rolling for the next episode. Um, so check those out and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Bye friends.